0: Well, boy, well, this is an easy transition. Do you believe the battle belongs to the Lord? I mean, when I say do you believe it, what I, what I mean is, do you live it, right? I mean, come on, how many of us have like, we believe certain things but we live a little different? Anybody? Nobody? Once, twice. <laughs> Amen. What a beautiful song. Beautiful song. So glad. Um, Dave's folks are here. It's great. I found out something. Um, you know, we pastor Dave on Sundays, but during the week I call Motz. Right? That's kind of a nickname of his. But uh, uh, I found out today that um, Dave's father, Tom, is the original Motz. In high school, he was referred to as Motz. And it was a great moment for me because Dave found out for the first time right here this morning that that was the case. So anyways, it's good to have the OG here and, uh, <laughs> no, thanks man. Thanks for being here. Hey, we are going to continue the series going through Jonah and we're on chapter four and just, uh, just kind of a reminder, uh, that this, uh, this series, we're calling it the pursuit of God. And oftentimes that phrase, the pursuit of God, is um, us pursuing Him. But in Jonah's case, it's God pursuing Jonah. And uh, and we kind of use this tagline in this series that God pursued Jonah because He wanted to pursue Nineveh. God pursued Jonah because He wanted to pursue Nineveh. He did not give up. On Jonah, because he was not going to give up on Nineveh. Even though Nineveh was evil, wicked, violent, God's compassion was greater than their wickedness. God's compassion was greater than their evil. And God's compassion was greater than their violence. So I'm just calling this uh, this particular message here. Grace is greater. Grace is greater. Grace is greater than 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 your sin, aren't you glad? It's kind of a big deal in the Bible. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. His grace, and that word grace, for me, the best way to translate that for our modern world is it's simply the favor of God. Uh, The Israelites in the Old Testament would understand this. God just chose Abraham. Just chose him for his purpose. He had the favor of God, the grace of God. And in the same way, God chose you and God chose me. We have his favor. Nothing you did earned the favor of God. Nothing you said earned the favor of God. No matter how good-looking you are, it did not earn the favor of God. No matter how wonderful you are, and some of you are pretty wonderful, didn't earn the favor of God, right? No matter what your lineage is, didn't earn the favor of God. God chose you because he loves you. You have the favor of God. God's grace is greater. And this is something that Jonah is wrestling with in this story. He he could not get his head around that God actually loved people that he disdained personally. God loved, God's compassion was greater than Jonah's pride and prejudice towards Nineveh. Aren't you glad that's the case? Aren't you glad? I mean, it, it, maybe it might mess with you and me at times. There might be groups of people that were like, I, if anyone deserves the judgment of God, Come on, let's be honest. You're just amongst a few friends here. Come on, you, you, you've most of you have thought that. Maybe not. There might be two or three saints in the room that are just like set apart more than the rest of us. But most of us at some point in our life, we, we have thought, if anyone deserves the judgment of God. See, this is where Jonah was at. Jonah was like, if anyone deserves the judgment of God, it's Nineveh. They deserve it. And he knew, if he went and preached, if they repented, he knew God would have mercy and grace and compassion on them. And that's why he didn't want to go in the first place. He knew his God. And he did not want God's grace and mercy and love and compassion to be poured out on Nineveh. And that's a very dangerous place to be. And so, as we look to this chapter, chapter 4, the very first Verse there simply says this: um, in regards to the end of chapter three, where God had mercy and compassion on the Ninevites, He did not judge them, He spared them, He spared them, He spared Nineveh. Folks, if He can spare Nineveh, He can spare anybody. It was the empire. It was it was the seat of the empire, and they were evil, they were wicked, they were violent, and God spared them. So uh the next verse here is uh chapter one, verse, uh chapter four, verse one. But to Jonah, let's read this together. This is very important. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. And there's there, there's a there's a direct connection here, it's real important. <laughs> let me just let me just hone in on this for a second. Uh anytime we look at a decision by God, and we are Saying, God, you're wrong? That's what he's doing here. Right? He's calling out God. Man, that is a scary place to be. But anger generally is soon to come when we do that. It's true. It's true. Because where do you go as a Christ follower after you declare God's wrong? There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere... To go. And you know you're not gonna win. Come on, someone help me out. Come on, you have nowhere to go. You have nowhere to express, you just get frustrated. This is where Jonah was at. In his eyes, he decided God was wrong. Now, I understand wrestling with God in uh in, in life situations. Things happen in life where we say why God. Why God? Uh, we shake our fist at God. Anybody ever? Come on, come on. Anybody? No, but no. You're not going to admit it. It's okay. There's a biblical word for that, by the way. It's called lament. It's okay. Even Jesus on the cross quoted Psalm 22:1, and he he said, "Why, Father, Father, why have you what? Why have you that was lament, right? So it's okay to have lament. There's times. But man, once we say God, when we go from why to you're wrong, hope don't stay there long. It's my humble counsel to you. Don't stay there very long. But in his eyes, he saw it as wrong. And that just led me right away to a scripture in Proverbs 3. You might be familiar with it. Chapter 3, verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not. If you know it, say it. And lean not on your own understanding. Come on. Come on. How many of us, you know, maybe not all of us here, but some of us, two or three of us, we we feel we're the smartest person in any room. Come on. Come on. Help me out. Come on. There's, a, there's two or three of us. Us. I'll include myself in that. I'll, I'll lead the way in total humility because it's so untrue. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, everyone say all. And by the way, the, the, the Hebrew word for all in English is all. Okay, let's get going. So in all your ways, in case you're wondering about a situation you're in right now, in all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. And shun evil. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Isaiah, on the outline here, 55, says this. uh, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, God speaking. Neither are my ways your ways. uh, Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Do you believe that today? I mean, this should be low fruit for us to believe. <laughs> really should. really should. This, this should be a no-brainer, right? But there are times in life where we think things are unfair. They're not right. Uh, they didn't go the way we wanted them to go. Or even tragic at times. And we're wrestling with God. Uh, the next verse there in 1 Corinthians says this, Do not deceive yourselves, Apostle Paul speaking, if any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become false. Again, if, you, if you're ever wondering, is there any, anyone with humor that likes sarcasm and humor? Okay. Love it. Okay, <laughs> great, great. Woo, got to be careful where you use it, of course. Uh, but but this, there's sarcasm right here. This is sarcastic. Paul's being very sarcastic. He says, uh, "Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, this world, the zeitgeist of our world today, the culture, if you would, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? That's why, as Christ followers, we've got to dis- we've got to really distinguish culture and gospel. What is culture? What is gospel? And we got to be willing." To follow Christ in our world, because it's his world, right? Our world is his world. Follow him in spite of the Zeitgeist or the spirit of the world, the spirit of the world. That's why it's so important to 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 read the word, to study the word, to to digest the word, to become one with God's word, because his word is the expression of his will or his heart for you and for me. So Jonah is um, stuck on Jonah. He's stuck on his worldview. He's stuck on his idea of right and wrong. And it's just not going to go well for him. Uh, Verse 2 of chapter 4 of Jonah, continue on here. It says here that um, he prayed to the Lord. This is Jonah praying. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a, just, just hear the logic here. It's mind-boggling. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abound in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. He knew that, and that's why he didn't want to go. Now, none of us would ever do this in this room. Come on. Help me out. Right? None of us. Only those online. Sorry online people, I keep picking on you. I just can't say it right here. I got faces here. I got faces here. But this is amazing. He knew who God was and uh, and because he knew God, he didn't want to go for God. As opposed to, I know God, so I'm going to go for Him in confidence and in boldness. Right? With expectation. He had the exact opposite verse 3 uh now lord here's here's wow here's his conclusion now lord take away my life for it is better for me to die than to live i don't even know where to go with that <laughs> I, I have no words to follow that this is amazing. I mean, can you imagine God doing amazing work and, and people are coming to Christ, and getting baptized and being discipled, and the more that happens, the angrier you're getting? Now, I know you. You would be the exact opposite, right? You'd be like, yay, God, go, God, let's go, 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 go. Which, by the grace of God, is going to happen. But Jonah... Uh, thought he was wiser than God. Romans 520. This is what Jonah did not grasp at all, at least not in this situation. Uh, 520, Romans 520, Paul is laying out his whole, uh, argument for what the gospel is, if you would. Building it precept upon precept, line upon line, Romans chapter 1 through 8. He's already laid out that we're, we're all sinners and we all need a savior. We've all fallen short of God's ideal, God's glory, right? All of us, right? We all, we all start there, before we all start. And, uh, and, and then chapter five he gets to, uh, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So if you have a pile of sin, right, God's pile of grace is greater. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing took me a while to get a hold of this. I remember when I got a hold of this, it changed my life. And I was a Christian. I was a Christian, didn't quite get this, but when I got a hold of this, it radically changed my life. And, and so the way I translated this was, no matter what I do, no matter how much I fall short in my walk with God, God's grace is greater, and he wants me to get back up and keep going. I remember when I realized I was young, I was still relatively young Christian. And thank God I grasped that and I realized that. As opposed to their option, really, is if if you fall and you sin against God, oftentimes people just live in, in shame and in guilt, and they don't go forward. They have spiritual arrested development. Does that make sense? They kind of stop in their growth right there, which is not what God wants. God wants us to get back up and to keep going, to get back up and to keep going. For where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Now, because it sounds like I can, I can then sin and do whatever I want and God's grace will cover it. Well, that's amazing. Right? Wow, that would be, that would be crazy. Can you imagine being right with God and be able to sin all you want and God's grace being greater than that sin and you still being right with God? So Paul had to, in chapter 6, say, shall we go on sinning that grace might increase? And he basically says, no. Heavens, no. Actually, the language is actually a little... Paul had harsh language, Bible. it's a little stronger than that. It's kind of like more like, heck no. Heck no. Uh, but no, no, you should not continue. In fact, if you understand grace, uh, the more I understand grace, hopefully the more you understand grace, grace really motivates us to live a life of purity towards God grace motivates us to live a life uh, a life in right standing with God love motivates us to do the right thing so Jonah was not getting this at all but grace is greater in Ephesians chapter 2 uh, verse 8 through 10 by the way you got to sign up for that newsletter this newsletter is great Peter puts it together sent it out on Saturday you can go to the Website, Go to the contacts and sign up for the newsletter. But I actually got this. You inspired me to use this next verse in the newsletter. Thank you. Appreciate that. But it was great. So I saw this yesterday. I thought, I'm going to add that to the message. But uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10 says this. For it is by grace, God's favor, that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works. So that no one can boast. Could you imagine if everyone boasted about their salvation in church? I'd last like one day. It would be so obnoxious. It would be so antithetical to my idea of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and even Jesus himself. Could you imagine that? That would be horrible. be horrible. So no one can boast. Verse 10, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now that word workmanship is better translated, you are God's masterpiece. Just turn to someone near you and say, you are God's masterpiece. Go ahead and say that. Come on, find somebody. You are God's masterpiece. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says you are God's Masterpiece. God's doing a work in you that's beautiful, that's intelligent, that's got design, that has purpose, that reflects who He is. Do you believe that today? That is who you are in Christ. Well, let's continue with our story of Jonah. Verse four. But the Lord replied, this is great, but the Lord replied, now at this point, if you were God, what would you have done with Jonah? Come on, be honest. Depends on your personality type here, of course. What would you have done with Jonah? You know, some of you would have gone. Oh, you want to? Oh, you want to die? No problem. I remember. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if any of you grew up in this household, but this is my household. My mom, not my dad. My mom. Uh, if, if I was like crying over something, she'd go, oh, "You want something to cry about? Come on, anybody? Am I the only one? Oh, you want something? Now that probably wouldn't fly nowadays." Back in that day, that was not only said, that was supported, encouraged. <laughs> oh, you want something to cry about? I mean, what would you have done if you were God this is Jonah? God was not only compassionate with Nineveh, he's compassionate with Jonah. Isn't that amazing? God's always going to be compassionate with you, no matter what you do. and Even if they push back against him. Verse 4, but the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? That's a good question. Gosh, that's such a, I love good questions. That's a great question. And it's a loving question. It's a kind question. It's a, it's a provoking question. God always wants to bring redemption to you and to me. He always wants to bring us back no matter how far we've gone off the path he's trying to It's a a teaching lesson for God with Jonah. Is it right for you to be angry? Obviously, God knows the answer. He's trying to bring Jonah back, just like he does with you and me. And he brings us back, not just for ourselves, but there are people he wants to have compassion on through you and through me, and he wants us to be in the right place to be ready to be used By God, Do you want that in your life today? Do you want that in your life today? Do you want to be in a place where God can use you? Have a front row seat when others come to know and follow Jesus Christ. Verse 5, Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Could you imagine his, his conversation with himself? I envision him going, he's going to forgive him. He's going to forgive him. All frustrated and angry and mad, you know. I know it. He's going to forgive him. He's going to forgive him. He's just sitting there pouting, disagreeing with God. What a waste of time. Verse six, then the Lord God provided a leafy plant. This is just amazing. And made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort this bomb of oil, so to speak, to calm Jonah, even in the midst of his rebellion. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn, the next day, God provided a worm. And by the way, the whale should not get the headline for this story. If any animal should get the lead role in this story, it should be the worm. I'm on a mission to replace the whale with the worm, man. I'm on I'm on a mission. It's probably not going to go very far, but I'm going to have a lot of fun doing it. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, It would be better for me to die than to live a second time. But God said to Jonah... Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And by the way, maybe for you, this might be a a kind of a model of how to deal with difficult people. Ask provoking questions to help bring them back, help wake them up a little bit. It is, he said. (laughs) Not working here. It is, he said. And I'm so angry, I wish I were dead third time. I mean, this guy was committed to defeat. Have you ever met this person? They can snatch defeat out of victory. Right? The sun can be shining and they will find the one cloud. Come on, you know that person? They're out there and this is Jonah in the midst of a great renewal, revival for Nineveh. Verse 10. Rewind this down. The band can come on up. Uh, But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. Verse 11. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh? Can we say that together? And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh? One more time. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh? This is God's heart towards locations, towards people, towards cities, even evil, wicked cities who are far from him. He goes on, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left. They're ignorant. They're ignorant. And instead of judging them, God has mercy on them. He would have judged them, but they repented, and he had mercy on them. And also many animals. God loved the animals. So here's my question for me, for you, this morning. Are we as concerned for the lost as God is? Are we? It's an honest question. Uh, don't, don't, don't judge yourself for that question. Measure yourself for that question. Scale of 1 to 10. You don't need to yell that loud. Scale of 1 to 10. And whatever number you pick, go back at least 1. Come on, we always give ourselves a benefit for the doubt. There's going to be more sixes and sevens in this room than any other number. I can almost guarantee it. <laughs> Do we have a concern for the lost? Do I have a concern for the lost? The way God, does. we are we are His people. We reflect Him. His heart's our heart. Father God, thank You for each person in this room. God, I'm so grateful, so grateful. You've called each one of us here, here to Christian Life Center, here to this community, Santa Cruz and SoCal and Capitola and Aptos, Scotts Valley, Father, this whole county, this county and beyond, God, you have a passion for the loss. God, all I'm asking is our passion is equal to yours. Give us that, I pray.